Remember, I'm going to give them one more chance. Yeah, okay. Welcome to the Fencing Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Gavin. And here we are again with uh, episode 28. It will soon be... 30 episode, episodes old. Excellent. We can start thinking about our midlife crisis. Yes. Does that happen older now? Uh, I think you are officially growing up when you're 30 now. Is that not what they say? Really? It's not 21, it's 30 now. Oh my God, I'm nearly 50 and it's still not happened. <laughs> What's going wrong? Yeah. Our thanks, first thanks, obviously, to our, our sponsors, Liam Paul. Mm-hmm. We've spent the first bit of their lovely sponsorship money on buying ourselves a new toy, the Zoom H5. Uh, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't do any name dropping unless they're going to pay us for it. <laughs> Yeah, because that's the kind of commercialised operation that we run, Gav, isn't it? That's exactly what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. Their guys should speak to our guys. (laughs) Yeah, well, that shouldn't take long. So thanks once again to Liam Paul for giving us a a pile of cash to to help us do what we do. Yes, indeed. Uh, Thanks also to our our Patreon supporters who do something very similar on a a smaller and more regular scale. Uh, They're lovely, lovely people. And again, they make a huge difference to, to what we can do with the podcast. So thank you very much to them. If you mm-hmm. want to join them, and I would highly recommend it, uh, links in our show notes as always. Yes, indeed. Please don't be shy, because we need all the help we can get. So anyway, onwards to some Sabre action. Last time out, uh, we were recording on a, a Friday evening, which is a bit unusual for us, Yeah, uh, which meant we had some of the sort of early results from the, the pools and preliminary Ds for the, the women's Sabre. Yes. So our, our kind of two main points of interest there were uh, Ariana Arrigo on our regular Arrigo watch and the return of Marielle Zagunas mm-hmm. um, after, a, after a year off to, to have a baby, the, yep. uh, our daughter Sunny. Mm-hmm. She, this was our, our first first outing at a, any sort of event, I think, actually. So, so last year was her, her final competition before she disappeared off to... To do her thing. To do her thing, yeah. Yeah. So her weekend went rather better than Erigo. Mm-hmm. Erigo went out in the, the last 64. Zagunas, on the other hand, charged through, after a sort of, you know, middling kind of pool, three up, three down in the pools, through the preliminary Ds, won a fight against Irina Vecchi in the last 64, beat Anabashta in the 32 of Russia, and uh, then beat Manon Bruni in the last 16. Oh, really? Wow. So eventually eliminated in the last eight, but... Yeah, a pretty impressive return to the to the action, and yeah, delighted to see her back. Mm-hmm. So, joining her in the quarterfinals, Olga Karlan, world champion, beat Suyon uh, Choi of Korea, fifteen eleven. The informed Bianca Pascu beat uh, Chinese fencer Xiao uh, Yaki, who entirely unfamiliar to me, and really close, fifteen fourteen. Really, yeah. Anna Limbach of Germany beat. Gregorio of Italy, again, another foreign mm-hmm. fencer. Good win for Limbach there. And Hungary's Anna Marton um, was the, the fencer that put out Zagunas. Uh, a fairly comfortable win, but I'm sure Marielle will be pretty satisfied with, with that you as well. You've fence competitively on the big on the circuit for a year. Your first trip back is a Grand Prix, finishing the last date. I think I'd take that. Yeah. you know, It's so a good start. It's a good start, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, semi-finals. Carlin against Pascu. Yeah, Olga Carlin... She's world champion. Yep. She's world number one. She looks the best of the best of women's sabre at the moment. I'm uh, going to surprise you. I actually watched the semi-finals for the women's sabre. Really? And how I did you find it? It was good, actually. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
I'm going to let you continue, and then I'm going to say, <laughs> I've got some things to say here. Okay. So for all that we're, we're big fans of Carla, or I'm a big fan of all oh, of Carla. I am too, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bianca Pascu over the last year or so has really rocketed up the rankings, produced some great results, mm-hmm. and uh, and won the world, last World Cup. So Top 10, isn't she? Uh, up to about fifth now, I think. She break, yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, really making it happen. And, and she was up at the first break. Mm-hmm. Carlan struggling to make her parries on the Pascu attack, but that, that all changed after the break. Carlan immediately hits with three parry reposts after the, after the break and levels things up at, at 10 all. Yeah. And it's hit for hit from that point onwards mm-hmm. to the finish. Carlan actually draws, draws blood from. Bianca Pascal, that's right. Yeah, it's like twelve all her in the backhand, uh, so we we break there while uh, Pascal gets gets patched up. And to be fair, Carlin had hit her pretty solidly a few times. You know, you could see yeah. Pascal flinching and yeah, yeah, making a, a bit of a yeah, that, that one stung. Yeah, um, I don't think Carlin was taking any prisoners. If I'm honest with you. It looked to me like she was gonna. She's in for some serious hardcore choppy choppy <laughs> action. You know, <laughs> yeah, which is not really what you associate with. No, with not Carlin. at all. And it gets to fourteen all, and then you get one like simultaneous. Yes, Carlisle edges at fifteen fourteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, a thoroughly good fight, seesaw stuff. Carlisle struggling to to get her game together. Pascu pretty relentlessly attacking mm. as she she usually is, and looked like she yeah, she was in control of things at one stage. But Carlisle Carlisle takes the victory. I suppose that's one of those things that being the best is about. That even if you're not really quite in control of the fight, you still find a way yeah. to win. I was, I was going to say that because I, I did, as I say, I managed to watch the semis. Funnily enough, I didn't watch the finals, so I've got much to say on that. But the, oh, okay, cute. But I did manage to watch the, the catch the finals, and it sort of occurred to me in the sort of end of that first round uh, when Carlin was eight, eight four down mm. um, that it seems that in Saber being the first to eight doesn't necessarily guarantee the victory. No, because the because the hits are scored so quickly, mm-hmm. it's easy to change the momentum of a fight. In almost no time at all. Yeah. So being a few hits up, unless you're miles up, well, even eight nothing up's not not safe as we saw from the, yeah, exactly. of the of the World Championships last year. But yeah, because you can turn things around so quickly. Because because in Epi, if you were eight 0 up, oh yeah, the chances chances of coming of of, it, of that would come back from that are really slim. You have to be I don't know, have to be a different fencer. Uh, yeah, that would be back on. you know one fight in a thousand or something. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've only seen. Couple of fights like that, memorably Kolobkov once. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you know. Anyway, so it was just one of the things I noted when I was actually watching. It was like I've seen this a few times now in women's saber, mm-hmm. particularly in women's saber. Actually, you get to eight, and you're in the lead. It doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to be finishing. Yeah, indeed, mm. indeed. So the second semi final was quite a bit more one sided with Anna Marton against uh, yes. against Limbach. You know, I could talk through the whole thing, but basically Marton overpowers Limbach. I mean, some nice stuff, you know, good variety, but you know, it was a it was a comfy mm-hmm. win, really. Um, yeah, and unlike the first semi final, I've got no notes for this one because okay. basically, I was watching, thinking, oh, is my is my theory about first to eight not winning uh, actually going to hold true? But I don't remember it being that way at all. It was still- no, it, it, yeah, it, it, the fight was the same all the way, and that Martin was in control of things. Mm-hmm. She had too much. I've not seen a whole load of Limbach fencing before, but she kind of looked sort of like a partially formed fencer. She had some. Quite nice stuff that she would do, but it never felt like the, the complete package. Yeah. Never like she was going to have enough to to really give Anna Martin a, a hard time. Is one of, is Limbach not the one that's coming back from injury? No, I don't think it is. It's not. Okay. No, uh, you're thinking. Who am I thinking oh, actually, of? I don't know who I'm thinking of. 
No, the one I'm th- I, I can think oh, of. Oh, maybe Bruni. Maybe Bruni I'm thinking of. No, Sarah Balzer is the, no, the you're French right. fencer who injured herself at the World mm-hmm. Championships. So yeah. It looks like she, she blew her knee out. Yeah. Uh, but there's been some stuff on social media, I think on Instagram, of her mm-hmm. um, looking like she's almost ready for action again. Yeah, but I think she's still got some issues. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I follow her on Instagram. Yeah. Which is why I'm, th- which is why I'm thinking about it. So Right. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's the one we're talking about. So yeah, uh, Limbach comes up short against Martin, yep. who looked who looked in great form, but really didn't carry that through into the final against Carlan, who thoroughly dominated the the fight from start to finish. Yeah, it was really it was a comfy win. Mm-hmm. Um, Anna Martin has a terrible record in finals. She's second a lot. Some time uh, with the sports psychologist, then I think maybe so. I mean, as far as I'm aware, she's been certainly over the last couple of seasons, she's been consistently in the top three or four in the world rankings, right. and in that time, I think has won one World Cup. All right, okay. but she has been second a great deal. Mm-hmm. And this was another one looked, looked quite close at the at the break. Carlan uh, eight six up, but in the second period, it was just mm-hmm. all it was all. Well, I was going to say all one way traffic, which I don't mean in a literal directional sense. It was all. Old Carlan mm-hmm. probably woken up by her, the, the little scare she had with Pascu, thinking, "Man, I'm not going to let that happen again." Yeah, maybe so. I mean, she just had kind of too much of everything. Mm-hmm. She hit with, you know, the full the full dazzling array of Carlan right, okay. uh, beautiful fencing. As I say, we like we like our beautiful fencing, particularly in Sabre, mm-hmm. and Olga Carlan is the epitome of that in the women's side, yes. and a very comfortable one with a fifteen-seven. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good to see, good stuff. Yes. And, um, yeah, aside from the aside from the medalists and mm-hmm. all the good fencing that happened in the semi-finals, good to see the, re- the return of Marielle, which I think is a yeah a story that will will follow along with our well, um, it, Irigo watch. Isn't Zagunas and Carlin like an old rivalry, basically one two one it's two one more, two? It's more recent because Marielle Zagunas won Olympic titles in two thousand and four and two thousand and eight. She's basically been at the top of the, top of women's saber mm. almost for as long as it existed. Mm. You know, two thousand four was. Uh, the first time women's saber was included in the Olympics, and she won the first two. Yeah, and has I think medaled. I think she took a bronze. I would need to check all this, but yeah, double Olympic champion, been at the top of the sport for forever. I mean, I, th- I think the first time I saw her fence was at a junior world championships in two thousand and one. <laughs> a long time ago. It's, it is. It is, and uh, and she won that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she's been around for a long time, mm-hmm. dominating the sport from a very young age, probably about 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. And she's now, well, recently celebrated her 33rd birthday. Olga Carlin's probably, I think, about six years younger, maybe 26, 27, much something around right, there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, there probably has been a rivalry that's been running for a while, but their, their careers aren't entirely concurrent. Right. Okay, fair enough. So, anyway, on to the main side. Again, a good-looking line-up for the, for the quarterfinals in this one. We had... Kamil Abramov of Russia beating Luka Kuratli pretty comfortably actually fifteen nine. Right, um, okay. I would you know if asked to to place a small wager on the result of that beforehand, I would probably have gone for for Kuratli, but uh, Abramov winning the day there. Shalagi beat Bolidapity of France um, in a really close match actually fifteen thirteen. And again, probably the winner I would have picked, but I would have thought more comfortably than mm-hmm. that. Ilya Dushvitz beat Altamontano fifteen twelve. Oh really? Yep. So Aldo showing that there's still life in the old the old dog yet. It's not the phrase I wanted to use, but since he stepped in there to help me out, Gav, well done. Isn't it yeah. see me just me? That's kind of scary. Um, I think he is. Not not far off it. Yeah, yeah, just short of forty, I think. Really, just oh my short. God. Right. 
Yeah, yeah, there he is. Mm-hmm. Last eight, Grand Prix. Good work. Good work, Aldo. And the last of the quarterfinals, Kim Young Wan of Korea beat Luigi Samelli uh, 15-9. So that gave our semi-final lineup. Shalagi against Abragamov. And this was dead straightforward. Shalagi all the way. I mean, my recollection of watching Abragamov in the past is that he's not usually as relentlessly aggressive as he was in this fight. And I think he perhaps felt that he had to kind of go for a more power-based game than maybe he usually does. Right. But wasn't the wasn't the answer to the problem because Shalagi gave him an absolute pasting. Eight three up at the break. And basically Abragamov was only scoring hits when Shalagi uh, made a mess of his attacks, you know, would would break his time and get yeah, yeah. get caught. Mm-hmm. And that was that was pretty much the same in the second period as well. It was all Shalagi. It was a pasting. Um but yeah, lovely stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean said it before that Shalagi is Probably the epitome of beautiful fencing on the main side. He is absolutely brilliant to watch because I mean we're going to talk about the final eventually, aren't we? But uh, yeah, I watched the final. I was looking forward to talking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I mean, if you look, at, you look up in a fencing dictionary, look under the word beautiful, and there it has. Yeah, Aaron Shalagi taking a barrier post. Yeah, oh, it's something. It's really something. It is. Yeah. Second semi-final, a little bit more industrial. Kim beating Deschwitz in a great fight. Different style from. Shalagi's beautiful fencing, mm-hmm. but again, lots of variety, lots of beautiful parry reposts, uh, a little more variety from Dershowitz. I mean, Kim's probably held up as the the epitome of Korean power yeah. saber, mm-hmm. but some fantastic parry reposts from from both sides. Uh, with with Kim taking the win, uh, Dershowitz continuing, you know, a, a fine season with yeah, two, yeah. two World Cup wins on the podium here at another another Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Um, Every time I see him, and remember we were talking in, I think it was the last episode or the episode before, where Dershowitz had won, but we couldn't find any any video of it. I yeah. think that was one that was in Italy. Yeah. And I'm going, oh, this can't be right. Yeah. I still haven't found any. Oh, right, <laughs> okay. But yeah, Dershowitz having a, someone's, having a thoroughly Someone's also taped in the back of the couch, so it's happened. That's, it must be what it yeah. is. It's it's easily done. Yeah. It's easily done. Shalagi Kim final, mm-hmm. um, repeat of Olympic final in 2012, I think it was. You know, long, long running rivals, two guys from, yeah, yeah, certainly over the last five, six years, mm-hmm. seven years, longer probably. Yeah, seven or eight years. Well, Kim's what? Well, ages Kim now? Well, Kim must be about 32 or 33. Yeah, something like that. It's, um, you know, he's not Montano age yet, but he's no. yeah, no. getting longer in the tooth. Mm-hmm. That have, you know, fenced each other loads. They've been at the top of the sport for. A long, long time, but this was a really one-sided, really one-sided final with Shalagi mm-hmm. seemingly able to parry, uh, almost having a sort of psychic bond to uh, Kim's blade. He knew where the attack was going and would hit him with just whatever ever post he wanted. My two notes: Shalagi completely dominant, phenomenal hand speed from Aaron. Go Aaron! Yeah. <laughs> okay, I don't want to make it sound too much like, you know, we're a couple of appalling fanboys here, but yeah. it was. It was really beautiful. It was, yeah. I mean, we're talking about his pioneer post being like something almost unbelievable mm-hmm. because it's the hand speed is just so I like I mean, I understand that there's a there's a you build up the experience, you know when the blade's gonna be in, in space where it's gonna be. Yeah. But his ability to just pick the moment and just catch, catch Kim is just unbelievable. The one the one one note I did make a one hit was I think it was the hit that he made to go eight three up into the break. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just a lovely stop hit. Not yeah. actually a, a pie or a post where he yeah. just Kim comes running in, does his thing, and from somehow Aaron just hits him. 
and then basically takes his mask off and goes and sits down. It's like, mm, okay, fair enough. You know? yeah, nothing to it. Yeah. 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 I mean, if, the feeling I always get when I watch uh, Shalagi fencing well is he seems to have so much more time than his opponent. Oh, you know, his opponent seems to be you know, absolutely frantic and Shalagi almost looks like he's lo- moving in slow motion. Yeah, totally. Oh, look, here's, here's the blade coming now and oh, I suppose I'd better parry it and then... Yeah, it just happens. Yeah, it's so smooth and fluid. It's it's so lovely. Yeah. Okay. Right. Let's let's stop drooling because it's it's getting embarrassing. (laughs) He is quite handsome. Just just throw that one out there. Uh, He does have a lovely beard. Yeah, he does. Yeah, uh, I think that's something that you know we can we can both admire and be slightly envious of. Plus the fact he's double Olympic champion, of course. Yeah, (laughs) a minor issue (laughs) compared to the loveliness of his beard. So um, on to the. The behemoth is the Cadet Junior World Championships. Yes. Um, tons and tons and tons of action. You know, a grand total of 18 events across the various weapons and mm-hmm. age groups, individuals and teams. So let me get my extensive notes. No, they're not extensive notes. We're not going to cover everything, I think. No. Um, no. Quick run through the results, stuff that we've watched, stuff that we liked, mm-hmm. trends that we thought were interesting, perhaps. Okay. That seems reasonable. Yeah, seems reasonable to me. Excellent. Well, let's let's crack on then. So the format of the Cadet Junior World Championships, I think, was different last this year from from last year. But I'm not absolutely sure about this. I mean, I, I was a bit it. confused by. I was expecting it to run differently as well. So uh-huh. I started to look at the videos. So I was like, uh, I can't find the epi and I can't find the foil. Yeah, because I think it's in a different order. Well, what they do now is they will do three days of one weapon, three days of another weapon. And then, yeah, a final three days of of the third weapon. So the order that they ran in was saber first, mm-hmm. and then epi, and then foil. And the order of events would be junior individual events, men's and women's, yep. cadet men's and women's, and then junior teams on the third day. Yeah, I and think- that was repeated. I think it makes it makes sense as well because it allows maybe the kids to go back home again. So you don't yeah, split it up from a yeah. logistical yeah. point of view. It probably helps for for accommodation and logistics, mm-hmm. and you know you can take a, a you know a weapon squad and take them out for four or five days, yeah, and then ship them home again. Mm-hmm. Next, you know, there's yeah. a slight overlap with the the next squad, so you've mm-hmm. not got you know a full a full team covering all weapons and yeah. all ages, loads hanging loads around kids. for yeah. forever. So, day one, Junior Sabre individuals in the men's. Uh, it was run won by Konstantin Lokanov of Russia, uh, defending his title. He won it last year, mm-hmm. uh, beating Sebastian Patrice of France with Raoul Bonali of, uh, Bonat, sorry, uh, of Germany and Matteo Neri of Italy sharing the bronze medals. Lokanov's a big, impressive, scary Sabre. Mm-hmm. And in fact, he's won back-to-back Junior World Championships makes you think that he's likely to be stepping up mm-hmm. into the to the big leagues into the big leagues before too long. Mm-hmm. If you're going to make a comparison, he's physically the same sort of size as Osan Guk. Right, um, massive, absolutely gigantic. Yeah. Then yes, right, yeah, big big guy, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's the perhaps the trend in in men's saber at the moment is uh, big is good. Mm-hmm. Shalagi perhaps being the slight exception to that. But we've already gushed enough about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I don't want to go back to that again. Yeah. The women's saber in some ways is slightly more interesting, to me anyway, um, that we had the two cadets uh, that looked like they might be superstars, Natalia Batel of Mexico, who won the juniors last year, 
and uh, Lise Pushtai of Hungary, who finished second at a Senior World Cup yes. just uh, shortly before these these championships. But in fact, neither of them won this time round. All right. Olga Nikitina of Russia was the winner. Um, thoroughly composed. I watched quite a bit of this, actually, because I was, well, kind of more interested in seeing how Mateo and, and Pushtai would, yeah. uh, would perform in the juniors. And in fact, Nikitina put in a thoroughly composed performance to... To take the win there. Yeah, I had a sort of... What was the score? Do you know? 15-11, I think, in the mm-hmm. final against Mateo. It was, I mean, it was comfortable. She was never really, really pushed. I to, think pushed to be disappointed to in that. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was uh, looking extremely grumpy when she got knocked out. But yeah, good win. Good win for the Russian there. So in the cadets, we've got in the mains, Andrei Pashtun of Romania winning. Robert Fedovsky of the USA second. Christian Rab of Hungary and Alonso Santamaria of Spain right. uh, taking the bronze there. Uh, I'm afraid I didn't manage to catch any of that. I was following it online though, and that was probably the uh, event where the Brits had their their best outing with Ian making the last sixteen, and the rest of the guys all making the last thirty twos, which is a you okay. know a pretty steady performance from the from the Brits in a yeah. in a championships, which you know didn't have a you know a massive number of highlights from a British point of view. No. Anyway, so back to the women's. Yeah. We did get the final that we probably were, well, I was hoping, expecting okay. uh, in Pushtai against Patel, and Pushtai takes the win. Right. So she didn't manage to get the juniors, but took the win in the cadets. Yeah. And Anglade of the USA, and, oh, I've got a, a piece of a Russian name coming up here, Klyuchnikova, Adina Klyuchnikova of Russia, okay. taking the bronze. So uh, that was the that was Saber Cadets done. Day three uh, team events: Italy winning the men's, Russia second, USA third, and Britain in fourth. Really? Yep. Uh, I mean, they were fairly comfortably beaten in the, the semi-final and third, fourth place playoff, but they had a really good win against Germany in the mm-hmm. last eight. Right. So, okay. Not bad. Yeah. Well done, okay. guys. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the the British team finished fourth. Last year at the World Championships, mm-hmm. uh, Junior World Championships in Men's Saber, so that's uh, you know that's a weapon where we've some progress finally got. Yeah, got yeah. things things to look forward to in the seniors. Yeah, excellent. You got to think. I was just going to say about Pushtai though. Um, the, she won the cadets, and she's still a cadet. You know. Yeah, I know. She's it, still going to be around seems, for a while. So yeah, it seems uh, kind of ridiculous when you're talking about her making making Senior World Cup finals just yeah. you know a few weeks before this. And it's ridiculous that you think she's disappointed not to get get further in the juniors, and all of a sudden there she is in the cadets. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. Is she not not the only one where we're going to be talking about this. No, no. Yeah, there is there is more There's more to come on that. And in the junior women's side, where uh, Russia win, USA second, and Italy third. So mm-hmm. that's Saber all done and dusted in three days. Tell me about some APGAV. Right, well, obviously it's following the same sort of format as the, uh, the Sabre you've just been talking about. So we're going to lead off with the the, the junior men's epi. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, there's obviously quite a lot to get through here, but I'm just going to say that, you know, when you get into the sort of the last dates and stuff, like that, there's some names that you kind of might have expected to be up there that just didn't make it, like uh, uh, Jakob Jurka, the Czech guy. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. in the senior circuit, he's yeah. a junior. Uh, Kuomo didn't make it. Oh yes, indeed. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's quite he's quite good as well. Yeah, and uh, no sign of any Americans. Uh, all the American, the last Americans were in it, like the last sixteen. So the likes of uh, Griffiths and that, they, yeah. they, they didn't make it. It's Griffiths, Griffiths is a junior, isn't he? So, so there was none of these sort of guys that were 
made it in there. And there were some interesting kind of names in the, in the last eight. So we're just going to go to the straight to the quarterfinals, I think, like you'd be like, we'll just sort of quick go through there where you had, uh, in, in France, we had this guy called, uh, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to probably uh, struggle with his name, in the Goyfac, Lillian the Goyfac of France. Yep. I'm, I'm not sure you pronounce it either. I, I, I'm really sorry if I've got that wrong, but I have no idea. And I don't think the commentators had any idea either because they kept changing the pronunciation. <laughs> oh, right, and okay. I don't blame them. This is not good try, criticism. Try everything. Yeah, yeah just, just go for it. But if, somebody, if somebody can tell us, yeah, that would be that would be nice to know. Yeah. So I wasn't familiar. I mean, I'm not very familiar with very many of the junior epis, if I'm you know, completely honest. But we did have some interesting ones. So if we get, in fact, we won't go through the last day. We'll just go straight to the semi-finals because I actually watched these. And you had an all-France semi. Mm-hmm. Okay, now that was usually a recipe for a disaster because, <laughs> uh, you know, we've been here before. Yes. Right? Yeah. It, it rarely ends well or excitingly, although there are exceptions. But Yeah. But this so, is an exception. So which was one of, yeah, this, yeah, was this is an exception. It's a good fight, actually, between... It's quite quite sort of unusual name to you. You got Luigi Middleton, who sounds kind of a mixture of French and British. And you yeah, got, uh, Lillian. Oh, not Le- French, Italian, and British, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's a straight yeah. sort of. Yeah, I don't know what French, anyway. Yeah, but it's interesting. And um, so you've got these two contrasting styles. With uh, Middleton, kind of looks like a genie. Okay. Really tall, really skinny, but doesn't yeah. fa- doesn't uh, pommel. He's got uh, an orthopedic, right? Uh, and then you have got Lillian, who's kind of more like a. Uh, like Lucini or someone like that. Okay. You know, so it's a bit more, I suppose, conventional, but with a, an orthopedic. Yeah. But they're both very sort of, they, but they both went at it, hammer and tongs all the way through. Right. And it, it was actually just, just really, really, really good. I've took loads and loads and loads in this, but I'm not going to just go through it. Okay. okay. <laughs> but I just thought that... Highlights. Uh, highlights from the Cadet Junior World. Hi- highlights. Highlights. Well, I just thought that Luigi Middleton was the interesting one here because he looked like a genet. Yeah. And he fenced like a genet. And it was a sort of a style that I don't think you see very often anymore. Less so, yeah. You're, yeah. you're right. I mean, it's... Uh, now, which genie are you talking about? I'm thinking of Jerome, I think, rather, right, right rather than Fabrice. Fabrice. Yeah. Okay. But I always get the two mixed up, so... Okay. <laughs> I could be wrong. Um, taller... Tall, the tallest taller skinny like was, was Fabrice. Was it Fabrice? In that case, yeah. it's Fabrice I'm thinking about. It had that look about him. Yeah. Wide stance. Uh, his hand just comfortably. It was wasn't far out in front of them, but it's, you know he looked very comfortable. Right. Uh, and just I just thought, watch this. Oh, this is a bit old school. Really interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we get to the other semi final, and I thought this might be quite might be the more interesting of the two, if I'm honest. Two, two slightly more familiar names to me, anyway. Exactly. Uh, with uh, David uh, uh, Divaroli uh, up against Matty Tomas Koch, and Koch's actually fencing the senior team. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, so he has. I think he, he mentioned. I think it's team. He's fenced for them in the team once or twice. Okay. I'm not sure he's been on the individual because I, I have to double check that. To be, so I was expecting sort of good things here, um, but oh, David just was all over him, absolutely all over right. him. If you want masterclass on how to absolutely destroy someone's confidence, watch that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cock, 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 quite interesting because Cock had a looks like a sort of very Hungarian, but with kind of a Russian twist. Okay. With his hand really far out in front of him. Right. So he's constantly trying to threaten the target and then do something with it. But uh, uh, Divaroli just has like oodles and oodles of panache and can deal with it. Right. So it's a really interesting fight if you want to watch how you deal with somebody like that. Mm-hmm. But it meant that we've got our classic final lineup. Yeah. And we've got uh, Luigi Middleton up against David uh, Divaroli. And so you've got the sort of, uh, uh, how would you describe Divaroli's style? Kind of, it's very aggressive. Um, yeah, active. A- active, very active. Uh-huh. Absence of blade. Makes things, makes things happen. Yeah, absence yeah. of blade. And he's willing to get into distance and then pull it out and pull something up. Sorry, pull something out of that. So, of course, Luigi being tall, as uh, Divaroli comes in, he, he kind of throws out his hand and goes for it and he gets a bit of a lead. Mm-hmm. And then Divaroli just, it just, 
after that, pulls it back, and then after that, it's just hit for hit, and it's actually it's awesome final. And it goes right down to the last mm-hmm. hit, uh, and then they put they go for a golden hit, mm-hmm. and Divaroli does what he does does what he does. He goes for a lovely, 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 lovely flesh, and Luigi just sticks his hand out, and that's the end ah, of that. It's a slightly anticlimactic final no, hit. No, 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 no. But it's, it's, it's a really good hit. It's just really, really awesome because um, both of them are just moving at speed backwards down the peak. Well, obviously Luigi's moving backwards, but moving, moving at speed backwards, he just picks him off. It's right. it is actually well, well, well worth it. Okay, no, that sounds good. Yep, and then in the cadets. Yeah, so tell me, tell me about the junior women's echo. Well, give me a sec, because I actually haven't got the results. Up. Hang on a minute. <laughs> Slick. Slick. It's quite interesting, the women's epi this year. You're going to talk me through it, or do you want me to tell you the result? you got the results there, have you? Well, I've, I've got final placings. I've got final placings. I watched the final of this one as well. Okay. So I can talk about the final, because it's quite an interesting final. Uh, I'm okay, back. well, our, our two bronze medalists in the, the junior women's epi were two Hungarians, Borsody and King Anaj. Uh, yes, two two names that I've, I've certainly heard before. Uh, Naj has been around on the on the circuit. I think she's actually done a, a senior World Cup at least once this year. Right, I'm sure of it because the name is really really familiar. For yeah, women's epic. it is to me as well. So our final Russia's Anastasia Soldatova mm-hmm. and uh, up against Julia Vlinska of Poland. Okay. So you've got Soldatova, who's this really tall Russian against Falinska. An interesting thing about Soldatoba, she's top 10 in the world in the juniors. Uh-huh. It's pretty handy. Uh, Falinska is somewhere in the hundreds. Oh, right. Okay. So we've got, a, we've got an intre- we've got an epi day yeah. where someone has <laughs> just basically came from nowhere uh, and has made it into the final. And as I say, she's, she's actually tiny, tiny French gripper. And she's quite defensive, but she's very active in her defence. Okay. Uh, and it looks like you know, I was watching this thinking, oh, she's going to be one of those ones where nothing happens and she just picks people off and they come in. But no, actually, she's really good on the prep. So as Soldatova steps forward, uh, Flinska attacks into it and has this really amazing fast hand speed. And it's, uh, you think, oh, I just thought all the way through it was just going to be Soldatova because of our sort of aggressive tax on the blade and all this kind of stuff. Uh, but actually Flinska goes ahead right. and starts off for, sort of 4-3. And it's kind of hit for hit. Uh, it goes into the sort of second period, it's still hit for hit. And it gets quite close up until about 10 to 10. And then I think fitness comes in because okay. Falinska slows right the way Rising down. Steam. And then at that point, Solitova just steamrolls over the top of her and okay. finishes 15 11. Uh-huh. So, so the actual finish is a wee bit anticlimactic, but uh-huh. it starts off really interesting. Right. And it's like one of those stories we're just like, oh, how did this person get to the final? Yeah. But you know, it's really, really good. And, uh, sort of, I was told that actually her run, run through the, the tournament's worth going back and having a look at. Okay. So, uh, I need to pin some, some more, time in for that more, one. More, more AP homework for me. Yeah. Also, uh, this is a great final because there's absolutely zero chance there's going to be any passivity. Right. Both of them are going, going for it. There's solid. They just want to fence, 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 fence. And it's over really quick. Great. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> brilliant. High speed AP. I'm a big fan. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. So, Nasty Junior's wrapped up in the AP side. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about the mains and, oh, sorry, mains. And women's cadets. Well, it's interesting because we've got some similar names in the in the cadet epi. Mm-hmm. is the obviously the defending champion, and again he makes it into the final this year, uh, and he's up against uh, Armaleo. I think he pronounced it. Uh, yeah, I think so. It's another Fili- Italian, Filippo Armaleo. Yeah, so he's another. And the, the, both Diveroli and him are both left-handers, but the actual the actual fight's a little bit of an anticlimax mm-hmm. because I think both of them. Is, are this, based- what, is this one where uh, you know two two teammates meet? And two teammates meet and they have the same style. Yeah, and, and it's it's not exciting as a result. It's not. No, I mean, 
I think the first the first period finishes two one, and then this passivity called it. Sorry, yeah, non combativity called in period two. Mm-hmm. It gets to period three. Not very much happens. It, it, it basically nothing much happens all the way through. It. Most interesting thing <laughs> is is that Diva Roli shoulder checks Armelio by accident at one point. Okay, uh, when there's two seconds on the clock and uh, Diva Roli something like eight eight ten up. Right, uh, and then there's just a flurry, and then that's it. So we're done with. Okay, you know, not the most exciting of fights, if I'm honest. But the fact that Diva Roli def- defends his title, defends his title, came second in the juniors. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. It's isn't pretty it? impressive. I mean, the thing about this, this always sort of. I always think about this is that people who are superstars in the junior cadets, mm. they either burn out or they go on to become superstars in the seniors. Yeah, there's no kind of middle ground. There's no... Yeah. Are, are there anyone who just they just sort of, you know, mump around in the 60s and things like that after that? Um, yeah, I'm sure there are. I, 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 I would think it would happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But a good day for the Italians in the, in the cadet men's epi with mm-hmm. um, Simone Greco, the other yeah. Italian, also yeah. taking bronze. Mm-hmm. So yeah, three of the, three of the top four from Italy, which from what I've seen of uh, Cadet Menzepi is a pretty fair reflection. Might have expected yeah, I think to so. see might have expected to see the old Russian in there, but um, yeah. and USA recently has had a pretty strong record in, in Cadet Menzepi, yeah. but uh, Italy's got some serious depth in, in Cadet Menzepi. I, I think I think if you look at I think Italy seems to have depth in foil and epi, yeah. and it isn't far off it in Sabre either. Yeah. It's, so it's like they're still, it's like some of the big nations, they sort of feel like sometimes they're fading, uh-huh. uh, but not Italy, they're still going yeah, for Yeah, well, it. they've got their sort of weak weak sides and that doesn't, Yeah, Italy probably is the one nation that doesn't have that. Yeah, exactly. And obviously some some nations don't really send competent teams into the, they don't care very much about the junior cadets, they only really care about the, the seniors. So, so it's difficult to say, but yeah, I, I think you're right with the, sort of comment there about the Italians. Mm-hmm. Okay, so tell me about the cadet women's. Uh, so we've got quite some interesting sort of results here. Um, uh, I have to confess I didn't watch any of this, but if we just look at the last four, we've got Muradova, uh, Tam- Tamila Muradova of Kazakhstan. Yep. Uh, and she went up, she went, uh, she fought, now I'm going to apologise again about the pronunciation here, Kaylin Sinyan Sia, I think, of Hong Kong. And I think this is the first yeah, time. Yeah, Keelan would probably be the what you would just Anglic- anglicised name that you would use. So probably yeah. uh, Keelan. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I know I'm, I'm going to call him Keelan just to avoid any offence. Yeah. Um, so I think that's quite interesting. I think it's the first time in Epi that there's been a Hong Kong fencer this far up in a while. I can't think of the last time I saw one. Um, in Epi, not foil. yeah, possibly ever. I mean, Hong Kong. Men's foilists, you've got Kalong Chung who won the world championships, mm-hmm. junior world championships a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've got proper depth in, in foil. Yeah. In women's AP, they do have. They've I'm had a couple. Struggling to remember her name. Oh, was it Song? No, no, she's Korean. Um, I know who you mean. Yeah. Yeah, who's, who's medal in senior, senior world cups. Mm-hmm. But at cadets, yeah, I think that may well be a first. Yeah. So. Anyway, I thought it was quite an interesting thing because you don't you don't often see very many Hong Kong fences in the epi, and she's in a semi, and she wins against uh, what I would say was an established epi nation, Kazakhstan. Yeah, uh, and she gets into the final. In the other side, though, it's also interesting because you have kind of the first Korean uh, that I've really that really made it into the in fact the first one that I've seen so far and made it into the semis. Yeah, uh, with Lim of Korea up against uh, somebody from the USA, Emily Vermeule. Uh, of the USA and 
Uh, Emily obviously uh, Emily won this one quite comfortably at fifty nine, which gives us quite an unusual lineup in the women's epi where you've got uh, USA fence versus the Hong versus Hong Kong. As I say, I haven't had a chance to actually watch this song. I am definitely needing to do yeah, to catch up on this one. Up, yeah. yeah. Uh, in, your, I, in your defence, well, in our defence, there's a, a ton of fencing at the Canadian World Championships, so and uh, you could fry your brain trying to watch absolutely all of it. Yeah, I have a life to lead, I have a family to look after, <laughs> I've got other things to do, you know. But it looks like a quite interesting one. I'm so selfish. Ah, oh, so selfish, I know. It's quite, it looks like it's quite interesting as well because, uh, you know, Kaylin uh, is victorious over Emily, uh, 15-13. So, yeah, so, so, so this sounds interesting to me. I don't know what the fencing's like, but it does sound very interesting. Worth a look. Worth a look, I think. Yeah. Excellent. So, mm-hmm. on to junior teams then. Some yes. interesting stuff there. So, in the men's epi, it's particularly interesting, I think, um, where we've got in the last four, we have, and I'll go from four up to one, mm-hmm. Israel. Yeah, that was the one that I've kind of highlighted as a surprise result. Yeah, and that just sort of, that just jumped straight out at me. We had Israel coming in at number four. It doesn't happen very often in epi at all. Has it ever happened? Pass. Junior men's epi. I mean, uh, I've, I've no doubt that Dave Baker will tell us. Um, Dave Baker will be in touch. I mean, below below them, we've got teams you might have expected to see as well. You've got Korea, you've got Japan, uh, Czech Republic, China, you know, all these other teams yeah. below them. So, fantastic day out for the Israelis. Russia. Uh, Russia's below them too, yeah, yeah. indeed. Um, Estonia, I've, I've mentioned Kazakhstan, Switzerland. I mentioned yeah. they're not so good in the old, uh, in the cadet at the moment. But, you know, like some really established names there and they haven't mm. actually... Nothing's happened there in the teams. Yeah, yeah, and it's Israel. But then, you know, nobody say it is Epi. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Every dog is their day. Yeah. And then interestingly, it's Italy coming coming third. So they're taking the bronze there. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's quite interesting because you kind of, with the sort of the, quote, the caliber of the Italian team, you kind of expect them, I think, to be in the final. But, you know, they didn't make it. But when you look at who's actually in the final, it's maybe not so surprising with France coming second against Hungary, who finally wins something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Well, no, they do. I mean, oh, are you talking about their epiest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's, there's no shortage of Hungarian success about the place. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, they're, yeah, like I'm joking. I'm, you know me. I'm a big fan of Hungarian fencing anyway. Yeah. I'm quite glad to see them actually win. And in fact, when I think about it, um, Andros Redley won a one of one one of the World Cups. Yeah, I'm talking about teams so. here. Okay, I'm, I'm talking about okay. teams. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yes. I'll stop. I'll stop nagging you for. For joking about Hungarian success. It's no yeah. laughing matter. It's no laughing matter. The Hungarians probably aren't laughing. They're probably tugging on their massive moustaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the kids. Uh, so that was, that's quite actually quite an interesting kind of event, I think. And then obviously we've got the, the women's epi to do as well. Mm-hmm. Now I, I did watch a bit of this. I must admit. Right. Go for it then. You tell me what you watched. Well, I watched the final, an uh, Italy Romania final. Mm-hmm. I thought, great. You know, a young Romanian women's epi team. Yeah. That, you know, that could be great. I'm uh, really looking forward to seeing that. I like the way it, uh, their senior teams fenced in the past, and you know I was pretty optimistic they they would have a, a right good go in it. But it was a bit of a disappointment in the end. Very comfortable win for Italy, and once the Romanians fell behind, they really did seem a bit short of ideas on how they were going to going to turn it around. Just you know. hit them, hit your opponent, hit them. Exactly. Try, just hit trying them. to make something happen, but it it you know they really didn't seem to have have much in the way of options for that. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, I think the final score in the end was something like forty five thirty and. Um, yeah, really a comfortable win. I mean, you know, an impressive performance from Italy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take anything away from uh, from the Italian women's epiasts. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't the final I was hoping for. Uh, and Russia finished third. Yeah, interesting that. Yeah, but there's a beginning that France didn't make it into the last four, neither did, I don't know, let's think about this, Hungary, Estonia. Yeah, I mean, I, actually, 
French women's epi, apart from the odd success, seems to be slightly lacking just a little bit at the moment. This Mallow, she's quite good. Now, who was... Oh, gosh, this is really going to annoy me. Who was the French women's EPS that won a World Cup recently? Yeah, that's that's the name I'm struggling for. Yeah, Uh, we're not going to come up with that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. If if in about five minutes' time we're talking about something else entirely, I suddenly produce a a French women's EPS name, that's that's what I'm thinking of. But yeah, I mean, that strikes me as one where a country that is... Produces strong performances, mm-hmm. uh, largely across most weapons. Has this odd little patch where you think oh, that's really not quite quite what you would expect from them. Yeah, well, especially they've had so much success in the past as well. So, yeah, you know. So uh, so that wraps up the that wraps up the epi. Yeah. So that was that would take you through to D six and usual glorious live streaming from all four pieces. Mm-hmm. If you look at the amount of. Hours of fencing is actually, oh, I just felt a bit sick looking at it. Just so you, much. You could probably actually damage yourself in some way if you tried to watch all of it. Mm. I have to say, it was very well presented. We haven't really commented on that. It was a beautiful venue. Yeah, yeah really nice. absolutely lovely. Mm. The only the only downside was the was the the commentary. <laughs> <laughs> David King and full flu for nine days. Nine days. Nine days. Oh yes. my god. Let's move on. A well, a well, <laughs> a well used mute button in my case. <laughs> Let's move on to saber. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sabre? No, no, time for some foil. We've done oh, Sabre. Oh, we've done Sabre. Done Sabre. Right. On to foil. Yeah. Okay, so did you watch much foil? I watched the final of the junior men's foil. Okay, well, great. I'm um, going to talk about that first. The the really exciting fight, actually, in this one was the semi-final. Okay, I um, thought you were going to see that. Yeah, <laughs> so I think you didn't watch that. No. <laughs> no, well, it was really good. The, the one I'm, I'm particularly interested in was the... USA matchup between Nick Itkin and uh, Sid Kumbla, right? Which was a, a tremendous scrap. Kumbla taking a taking a lead. He was probably about four hits up. Itkin turning it around to to go thirteen ten up. Short injury break when Kumbla rolls his his ankle in his front foot. Mm-hmm. I think actually that's over. Not long left at that point. Probably about less than forty seconds. Manages to draw it level at at thirteen all. Goes to the goes to the priority minute. It can pushing pushing Kumba to the back of the piece. Kumba steps back, slips off the side of the piece oh. just in front of the back line. You lose your meter. Uh-huh. It can wins the fight on a, on a technicality. On a technicality, yeah. After all that, <laughs> yeah, it was a brilliant fight, and it was a really it was uh, a, a, a shame it had to end that way. Oh. But um, that sounds that sounds great. I wish I'd watched that. Yeah. Well, there's still time, but I've kind of spoiled it for you <laughs> yeah. by telling you what happens. Um, the final was a much more straightforward affair with uh, uh, it can winning. Uh, reasonably comfy 15 11 mm. against uh, Tommaso Marini of Italy. I, I watched this and I do like one of the things that kind of struck me is when I watched the when I watched the epi, the men's epi in particular, mm-hmm. the fences looked like the finish article, they looked like actual fences. And I thought there was something kind of I, I was going to say childlike, but that's not so what not I mean. Not quite fully formed, yeah, not quite fully formed about yeah. them. The way the fence they looked, they didn't look like comfortable in their bodies. At you know the I mean? moment in the, the juniors, there seems to be. A lot of success being enjoyed by a particular sort of physical shape. Very tall, skinny fencers. Very skinny. Uh, Nikic and um, Marini. Kuma to some degree, Grigori Semenyuk, who took the bronze. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all they're all very tall, all pretty lanky, mm-hmm. all doing very well in juniors. That, that's exactly what I've written here, is why are they all lanky, skinny? Why is that? And, like, M- Marini looked, had a very sort of odd timing and style. He's You've hard. commented on how ugly you think his own guard position is before. <laughs> I know. I'm not sure that you actually meant to broadcast that, but yeah, that's I'll I'll drop you in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it's kind of a fair comment. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, they're, 
We've just been gushing about how yeah. beautiful it is to watch Jalaga uh, game float up down the piece, knocking mm-hmm. everybody out, knocking everybody's blocks off. And uh, I'm watching Mourinho thinking, I, I, I'm not telling you, Shumini knows where his hand is. or where he's, <laughs> But it's effective, you know. Uh, well, yeah. Junior World Championship, yeah. silver medalist. No, can't, can't, can't. And, and it, to be fair, he did pull off some really lovely hits. I'm yeah. not saying he didn't. But I've watched him think, being a bit confused. Like, this isn't quite what I expected. Yeah. Mm, okay. But yeah, good stuff. Um, Fine one by... By Itkin, who has another year in juniors, I'm pretty sure. Does he? Yeah. yeah. So he's probably one of these, you know, it's, it's something I've talked about before with uh, American men's foilers outside their, their big four, their well-established mm-hmm. team, again, who's going to come through. And I think you've said Nick before, though. He's Yeah, I mean, he's made, I think, a couple of last 16s at Senior World Cups. And now that Miles Chamley-Watson and Garrett Meinhardt have both dropped out of the top 16 the seniors, he might be thinking, well... Where is he? Is he fencing these seniors yet? Yeah, he's done a few. Yeah, like I'm right. saying, he's made a, he's made a couple of top sixteens. All right, so he can't so, be far off the pace then. Well, he's still got he's still got a fair way to go because mm-hmm. you know, Meinhardt and Chamley Watson are, I think, both still in the top twenty five. So they're not miles outside the top sixteen. Yeah. But well, it's probably a couple of years until the American team gets selected for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. I think Ooh. young Aitken might be thinking, hmm, maybe, <laughs> maybe. So that'll be interesting to to see as things unfold because we do like to see you know the juniors juniors coming through and, and making their mark in the seniors yeah you know and it's not just a bunch of old guys you know yeah <laughs> that's wow that's a bit harsh for uh, uh particularly in the case of the american men's foil team yeah. um i think the oldest of whom is miles at 29 yeah <laughs> <laughs> the old guys very harsh junior women's foil then a few surprises in this because i was quite looking forward to this because there's um been a sort of fairly Decent presence from some of the juniors in senior events. Yeah, that's right. I uh, was thinking particularly of uh, Leonie Ebert and mm-hmm. Marta Martianova. Yep. Both went out in the last 32. Yeah, yeah. And the big surprise was a fencer that I had never heard of at all winning. Japanese fencer uh, Yuka Ueno beating Martina Favoretto Vickley in the final, making a almost miraculous comeback from oh, miles and miles down. Yeah, I watched this just just before you turned up mm. and... Uh, I remember, remember you turned up and I was halfway through it and said, so you and I's coming back from this, is she? And she I was 11-2 down. Yeah. It was, um, <laughs> the fight should have been all but over. I mean, we talked about you yeah. know bringing back a, a big deficit in Sabre and how it's, you know, it happens now and again. Yeah. But 11-2 down at foil. No. Shouldn't shouldn't be possible. No. Shouldn't be possible. But she did it. it was, I mean, I really like her style. She moves really well, uh, really quick on the attack mm-hmm. and pretty smart. Once she got the, the hang of how to get into fighting against yeah. Favoretto. She was pretty ruthless in exploiting Yeah, exactly. It. It was, and, uh, and the fact that, well, she's going to get a mention again a little later because she's a cadet too. Yeah, exactly. So that's a real exciting development for for Japanese fencing. Yeah, and she's a, how do you describe her kind of style? It's really compact. It's the compact, word. beautifully quick footwork, mm-hmm. really well balanced. She's really able to change the, the sort of timing of the hits at a drop of a hat. It's just, yeah. I'm moving slow, no, I'm not, I'm moving really fast, no, now I'm moving slow again. It's really, really impressive. Yeah, for a fencer who yeah, certainly hadn't registered mm. with me at all, which I suppose, I'm not going to justify myself a little, because she is so young. She's 16. Yeah. So. Really impressive. So, yeah. yeah. Ueno of Japan takes a win, uh, favourite of Italy second, and Lashery and Lawrence Scruggs of the USA taking the bronze. Yeah. Uh, so that was good stuff. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. In the cadets, starting off with the men's foil, 
bit of USC dominance again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. With uh, Kenji Bravo uh, defeating teammate uh, Marcelo Olivares in the final. Yeah. Again, some, some really nice fencing. Kenji Bravo looks a really exciting prospect. He's a, a, a Massey Hallas product, if you like. And oh, really? Yep. So I should be... Yeah, okay. So he's got a quite an interesting... They have sort of a very efficient style about him then. If I was going to pick a style, he was most similar to the sort of well-established mm-hmm. M-team fencers. Uh, Garrett Meinhardt's the one. So oh, right. Really, okay. really nice fencing. Yeah. Thoroughly good stuff. Love his name, actually. Kenji Bravo. Sounds like a spy. <laughs> <laughs> in, in a sort of what in a cool Jane Bond sort of a way or what I, I don't know like, like from a 1960s cool spy thing like okay. Ke- featuring Kenji Bravo you know oh, I see what you mean yeah yeah it's got a certain ring to it yeah, it's a good name it. I like it yeah see I've got that thought in my head now yeah actually Ben of Poland and Diego Cervantes of Mexico oh cool um, uh, were the the bronze medalists in that one Cadet Women's Foil Yuka Ueno mm-hmm. wins the juniors yep straight on the piece again the next day wins the cadets so she is cadet and junior world champion one year. Yeah, it's pretty Amazing. good going. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't happen that often. No, had a, a few that have gone have gone close. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about Divaroli earlier, but uh, yeah. yeah, that's thoroughly impressive, and yeah, more of the same attributes that we thoroughly like in her her fencing. Me too of uh, the USA took silver, Duffin yep. Devore. Uh, also the USA mm-hmm. taking bronze and Favretto. Again, another cadet. Another cadet, yeah. The the juniors and cadets in, in the women's foil seem to be almost interchangeable at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and Favretto is a quality fencer too. I mean, we were talking there yeah. about the fact that uh, UN had got her timing and figured her out. And, but that's not to say she wasn't a good fencer. I was really quite impressed with the way she fenced, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, so exciting times from, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of uh, very good young young women's foils yeah, yeah yeah and i think it'll be really interesting to see how really how that whole group develops over the next the next few years and yep. see them again mm-hmm. making that step up into seniors junior miss foil teams usa defending championship uh, defending their uh, title from last year were actually really highlighting this was the, the semi-final between russia and, and the usa which russia just aged 45 44 yeah, really good one. I would if you're going to pick a, a match out of the, the team foil, that's the one because the okay. final itself between Russia and Russia and France was fairly one sided. With Russia running out comfortable winners and okay. USA beating Japan in a repeat of last year's final oh, for for the bronze. That's a good one. Check that out then. Yeah, some good stuff in there. I mean the the junior men's foil teams over the last few years have been really good, mm-hmm. and while well, the final was a bit of a letdown, semi that semi final between right, okay, Russia cool. and USA was was excellent. Excellent. Because while well, the Russians didn't have a brilliant time in the individual semi being the only one to make it onto the podium, it's a it's a really strong Russian team mm. overall. Uh, with Kirill Borodichev, Anton Borodichev, Semenyuk, and I think Milnikov's the other one. So you know, really solid team. Yeah, yeah. And uh, well, well worth a win. USA win the the wins foil very comfortably. Mm-hmm. Looks really in control of things. Uh, but the surprise there was that Singapore took the silver. Uh, the final itself was a bit of an anticlimax, mm-hmm. you know, a comfortable win for for the USA this time. But Singapore, along the way, beat Poland, France, and Germany. Wow, that's yep. something. We saw. I saw them. I saw them fences as team. Must have been at the Commonwealth. We're here, and yes, yeah, so we, we, we started to see them. Yeah, and they were starting to look pretty handy. Yeah, I mean, so I made a I made a mess of my. Uh, Singaporean fencing history this time last year. 
oh. when I <laughs> when I said that uh, Bertie's win in the Cadet Wins foil was perhaps uh, a first mm-hmm. win for Singapore. And in fact, it wasn't. Oh, right. Singaporean okay. had won Cadet Wins by the year before that. But I'm going to stick my neck out this time and say that this is Singapore's first medal in teams All right. at World Championships. Well, good but on it was a thoroughly, um, even it wasn't, it was a thoroughly impressive performance. Yeah. Them, and, uh, yeah, nice to see Who did the beat again? Remind me. Sorry? Who did the beat again? Just go through that again. Poland, France and Germany. To make Easy it to teams to beat, eh? Exactly, yeah. You know? Poland, France and Germany, never heard of them. Exactly. Who those guys? And that wraps it up from the Cadet Junior World Championships. Yeah. As I say, the coverage was... Wall-to-wall. Wall-to-wall, beautifully presented as always by mm-hmm. uh, Fencing Vision and all the FIs events. And I'm going to go back and watch some more. Just yeah, definitely. There were not enough hours in the day to do it all. Yes. To do it all justice, really. Exactly. And I would recommend, as we always do within Cadet Junior World Championships, go and watch some of the stars of the future now before their household names. Yeah. <laughs> so talking of um, beautiful coverage, we're having a, a bit of a discussion. Yeah, you know, before we yeah. before we started recording about about video streaming and the cost. Yeah. Because it is one of our rants when we can't find ourselves a decent live feed for the events that we want to watch. Mm-hmm. And, you know... And we disagree on a couple of things here, but... We're gonna <laughs> well, well uh, what do you mean there, Gav? Tell me. Right, okay. So you're quite happy with a bit of coverage on, on Facebook, Facebook Live, whereas I'm like, no, do it properly or not at all. Right. See, I, I disagree there. I would rather have something than nothing. Even if it's not great. I mean, for example, Cancun this year did Facebook Live. Yeah, that was... And it was really bad. It was actually... It was somebody's phone sitting at the, in the side in a chair. That's, you just know. Just don't bother. Yeah. But see, I would rather have that than nothing. And just seeing a set of results. Yeah, but I'm... I'm that doesn't thinking, tell you anything. Yeah, yeah. But I'm thinking of a bigger picture here, which is if you want to be taken seriously as a sport, you have to prevent, You have to be serious. Uh, and so if you're saying this is our, our big league championships mm. and it's somebody's it's been done badly on someone's mobile phone. Now you can get do this well on a mobile phone. You know, I talked about this. Get yourself a cheap ass tripod and stick your phone on it, it'll be fine. Yeah. But uh if you if it's gonna be just somebody sitting in a chair at the side of the piece trying to no, just don't bother. Just don't bother. <laughs> I'd rather not see it. Unless unless I unless I have to watch it and then say really bad things about it, which case I might want to see it. Because yeah. it provides me with some entertainment, but well, absolutely. Because well, for example, I mean that fight that I was talking about in the junior men's foil, it can against Kumbla. Mm-hmm. That was a fantastic fight. Yeah. Now, if you look at the score, final score, it can wins fourteen thirteen. Yeah. You know, it go didn't even get to fifteen. That must have been. Yeah, but it's foil. You can make some allowances. Really it's not epi. An epi, might go. Hmm. <laughs> But no, that doesn't tell, you know, the final score there really doesn't tell you anything about all the excitement that was in that fight. True. And if you get that captured even badly on a sort of Facebook live stream, that I would far rather have that than just the score. Yeah, but but, but we're the nerds. I've got to think about this. Uh, there's more to the world than us. Yeah. What? I know, I know, I know. But anyway, let's talk about costs. Right, so mm. how much is it going to cost? So, to do Facebook Live with you on your mobile phone is essentially free. Uh, yeah, pretty much. You need to have a decent internet connection. Mm-hmm. You do need a, pr- a tripod. Well, no, we know you don't because we know that somebody did it without a tripod. Oh, it just looked absolutely terrible. Okay, um, in order to make it 
remotely presentable. Yeah. Your minimal cost is about 50 quid. Yeah. yeah. Tri- tripod. Theoretically, theoretically, right? If you've got two people, you could have multiple, you could have multiple feeds from two different angles. I just don't know how Facebook Live would handle that. Yeah. I don't either. You'd probably have two different things and you'd have to swap. Anyway, it'd be horrible. But anyway, we've been, we've been doing a bit of asking around and Mm -hmm. to do it properly with a half decent camera, sort of decent cameras to provide the sort of quality coverage that, that we would like, or certainly that you would would almost insist upon. Yeah. You are talking about spending a fair bit of money? How would you describe yeah, it? Yeah, about so... A few thousand pounds. About, what, four thousand dollars? Yeah, about that. So it depends how you want to look at it. Because you can rent... you Or you can get the kit supplied to you by one of the big providers. Yeah. So we've heard that Fancy Vision Charge 3K, is that right? Yes, but I think you get the full works there. You know, a load of cameras, all the software, yeah. everything. 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 But you need the manpower. Yes, you need the manpower, and that, and in a way, if we talk about, you I mean you could, this explains probably why some some of the World Cups, while the feeds are lovely, mm-hmm. look a little bit shonky, and it's because a ten year old, it's a gibbon, you know, someone someone <laughs> random is given a camera, exactly, yeah, someone's dad, some fencers. yeah, someone's dad's been told to be the cameraman for mm-hmm. the day, you know, and that might explain it. So that was what three K, and then we've heard it's sort of a, some that's from fencing vision, we think, that right? Yeah, I mean, so our our sources in this are. Reasonably reliable. Re- reasonably yeah. reliable, and you know, I'm, I'm not. I don't think we're betraying any sort of um, professional confidences no, here. No. Uh, and I hear that something similar for Capcom, some in the 4K. To I would imagine they all yeah. have. They're all broadly similar in the, mm-hmm. in their pricing. Yeah, and these guys chuck in an extra um, extra scoreboards. I think that's the other thing that okay. Capcom will do. So you get a little bit extra off that. But to do it properly costs you. You really does cost you, and it's going to cost you something like 4K a day. Yeah. Now we were talking about price per event. So yeah. three days of fencing, four K, you know, yes. three K, four K, something like that. Whereas when we work with uh, a bunch of ex BBC guys for the Commonwealth a couple of years back now, it was about four K a day. Mm-hmm. But this is a slightly different setup to what we're talking about here. With and I imagine this is close to what they do for the World Championships. So we not only do you get the cameras, which are all high spec cameras and everything like that, but you get uh, qualified cameramen. Yeah. You get guys running a, an actual, uh, I don't know what you call them, the editorial booth with all the different feeds in it. Okay, you so sending uh, send video engineers. Engineers, yeah, they're all up there. There's a, there's an editor and a producer on site right. because of what they're doing is they're controlling the cameramen. You get runners. Uh, they provided they provided the graphics. They provided sound as well. Or if I, you know, so like the I think had the the guy that did the sort of the audio stuff for the actual auditorium as well. So right. a little bit extra on top. Yeah. Uh, and all we had to provide was essentially a power supply because it's the one thing you can't, <laughs> you can't look around with you. You know. Yeah, that's uh, that's not asking for too much. Yeah. Food, is it? And these are all ex BBC guys, so, yeah, so they're all highly loaded. trained. You know, they know exactly what they were doing. Oh, and they they turned up. They had a journalist to come in to do some commentary and some interview work. Right. Uh, and then they they tried to find. Uh, they, they put it on the wire, so they were trying to get newspapers to actually pick up the, the you know, the actual stories news stories themselves, yeah. which yeah. proved to be the, the worst part, actually. Oh, right, okay. And then after all of that, they edited the feeds down into manageable chunks, put playlists together, and presented actual professional sports interviews and wind up, um, wind-ups, you know. Round-up. Round-ups yeah. at, the, at the end of each event. Yeah. And I'm going to say this again, if you want to see how it should be done, just go and have a look at that. At the, the Commonwealth a couple of years back, yeah. Look at the because it is really something special, and it was the Commonwealth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, not an obviously you know, highest level event. Yeah, yeah. 
but done done really well and beautifully done presented. Really well. So, it's, so you get what you pay for. Is what I'm saying, mm. you know. But still, our feeling is that if you're running a World Cup, Senior World Cup, mm-hmm. you should be coming out with something, and you would much prefer. Something yeah. pretty decent. Spend listen, listen, three k. If, if you had to find that, if if you had a bunch, if you had a bunch of gibbons, right, and you had, I could probably come up with three k. We could probably whip around some people <laughs> in the know and come up with three k. So I don't think there's any decent excuse not to have decent streaming. If that's the case, if you can, if if that's how much it's going to cost you, then do it. Yeah, that's that should be part of your yeah your budget planning. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. Okay, so. Those that we've named and shamed in the past, get on the case. Yep. Next season, if you're not coming out with a live feed, we're mm. going to have a proper rant. Yeah, I'm going to come out to come out to your hood and tell you off. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> so, yeah, in a suitably stern voice. Yeah, exactly. Well, that should put the, the fear I'll, into I'll them. Send you an angry gif. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, good stuff online recently. Another good article from Better Fencer. A really interesting one about flexibility. Yes, indeed. And that's not quite what you think it is. No, I think probably, uh, I mean, I've, I've done a fair bit of reading on this, but yeah, I think yeah. it would certainly challenge a lot of people's preconceptions of what good and effective flexibility for fencing actually is. Mm-hmm. Loads of people think it's a few light stretches before you start and then a few light stretches when you warm down. It's a bit more to it than that. Yep. So yeah, more more good stuff from, from mm-hmm. Jason Rogers there. Yep. Interesting article about the new rules on chess guards and the padding that goes on them on fencing.net. Now we... This is an interesting one because we've known this is coming for what feels like to me a lifetime because the FI have been talking about bringing in padded chest protectors since the debounce time was changed in foil. Yeah, certainly it was a, a suggestion that was made pretty when, early. When was that again? When uh, everyone started turning up, rocking up to World Cup? Two, where, 2005, yeah. Yeah, so were, and we're, we're now talking about it now. It's only taken them over a decade, but we've got there. Well, no rush. No rush. Worth worth getting right, though, I think. So it'll be interesting to see how that actually works, how mm-hmm. well, how effective it is. I think, obviously, the, the biggest problem was that for a while, women's foil in particular didn't didn't look great. People were cautious to attack because they couldn't get the light to come on. Yeah. Because they had the, you know, the hard plastic chest guards. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this quite a bit, that women's foil has, in our opinion anyway, really really come on in leaps and bounds I've, over the last few years I've, and we've been thoroughly enjoyable. So it's perhaps less of an issue than it was yeah. 10 years ago. Well, certainly the men adjusted very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, even the men had a spell of some nations encouraging their fences to wear to wear hard plastic chest guards. Because they knew it would give them an extra couple of hits. Yeah. You know, yeah, worth it. And although they were largely shamed out of it, to be fair. Yeah, so it was self-correcting. But that's not the point. You shouldn't yeah. have to. Yeah, yeah. but that's that's not an option for the women, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be, yeah, I'll be really interested to see how this, this pans out in the, the article on Fencing Net. I, I tell you what is really interesting about this, though, is America's a bit ahead of the curve for once on the rules. Usually They've pretty much adopted the rule as soon as the FIE have. Yeah, which I think is interesting because they're a powerhouse for foil now. Yeah, And they're so. straight in there saying, no, we're going to be doing this. Yeah. So I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, early adopters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quite right. As well as listening to our, our lovely Odo and opinions on the various events that, mm-hmm. that we cover, I think so far probably our best source for competition reports is the guys at WeLoveFencing.com. That's right. Um, they do a bang-up job on keeping us right on the streams and everything, so yeah. Yeah, keep us right on the streams and mm-hmm. they do write us a, a decent write-up as well, so mm-hmm. I'd recommend those. Um, the AFI do their own ones, but it's not great really. Yeah, I get them. I get them through the press releases as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I think the press releases is less and is, is, is kind of less surprised because it's up to the press to actually rewrite this for their own bylines anyway. So, okay. so I think it kind of you would expect that. But the the actual ones that the FI release are maybe 
needing a, a touch of life brought to them. Yeah. Is that fair? Written to a template. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Anyway, so things that we've got to look forward to. Well, after the Cadet and Junior Worlds, there's been a largely free weekend where lots of countries have held their national championships, mm-hmm. including Britain. Yep. Which is actually where there are conversation about, you know, doing doing good live streaming. Yeah. How much does it cost? Came from because uh, the British Championships were were live streamed look pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have some. You know, don't have all the bells and whistles you do for for the Grand Prix, for example. But yeah, it worked pretty well with. Yeah. Uh, Clean Bashir and uh, Rob Cordon providing the commentary mm-hmm. and some interesting stuff on there. If you want to see what relatively low budget live streaming looks like, um, go, and, go and track that down. Some good fencing as well. But it's not a Cancun World Cup. It's not a World Cup. <laughs> it's not a World Cup anywhere, Kev. Remember, I'm going to give them one more chance. Yeah, okay. So that brings us to our coolest fencer on the planet. Yes. And we do have on our shortlist. Yeah, well. Uh, my shortlist, mm-hmm. and feel free to, to add to this mm-hmm. or violently disagree, Yuka Ueno of Ueno, Ueno. of Japan, mm-hmm. uh, who is now cadet and junior women's foil world champion. Indeed. Thoroughly impressive performance. Mm-hmm. Amazing comeback against Favoretto in the, in the juniors. And yeah, a really exciting prospect from mm-hmm. a country that we're, we're very keen on, very yeah. fond of. Mm-hmm. David... Diveroli, a young I'm, Italian. I'm agreeing with you on this. This would be the, this would be the bundle of ones I would chip in, actually. Yeah, won the cadets. Second in the Narrowly edged out the yeah. juniors. Yeah. Um, not quite completing the mm-hmm. set, but still still really impressive in pulling a weapon that the difference between cadets and juniors is more marked than, mm-hmm. than a women's foil. And, yeah, and again, exciting fencer to watch. I think so. I really like the way he fences. I think he makes stuff happen. No hanging around. Gets my vote. Okay, okay. <laughs> and a couple of options from the Seoul Sabre Grand Prix. Mm. Um, Aaron Shalaki, still the purveyor of the most beautiful fencing in Men's Sabre yep. by a very long way. We love you, Aaron. And the owner of a rather lovely beard. Yes. And returning mum, Marielle well, Zagunis. I don't know if she wants to be described as a returning mum, but yeah, okay. Oh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, why not? Uh, I mean, that's... Yeah, so she is, I guess. Really, yeah. yeah. Anyway, great to see her back and really good for the sport. Mm-hmm. And well, I've been saying for ages when's Marielle coming back because I think women's saber in America feel like it's a little bit adrift at the moment. It's not quite. Uh, certainly, certainly they, yeah, certainly they miss her. I mean, they've, they've actually produced some decent yeah, results in, what, in her absence. But yeah, that's um, they're not firing on all cylinders. They need boost. something, you know. Yeah, and yeah, good, good to see her back. Mm-hmm. So yeah, certainly worth a nomination from from my point of view. Oh, and she won uh, the North America's Cup. At the weekend. Oh, just, did she? Just passed. Right. Who did she beat? Do you know off the top of your head? No. I can't remember. Right, fair enough. I can't remember. Was it one of our teammates, do you think? Yes, it will be. I mean, all, all Americans. Yeah. So, yeah. So, any addition? Any? I couldn't, any think, of, I couldn't think of anyone to, to, to really... I'm tempted to chuck in the Israeli men's epi team. Close. No medal, though. Okay, fair enough. Right. If they'd taken third, then I Maybe. might have gone with it. Yeah. yeah. I might have done. Okay. But then equally I would have gone, well, what about the Singapore women's foil team who actually did win a medal? Oh, it's like one up is it one upmanship, is it? All right, fair enough then. <laughs> or we're gonna get back to the No, I'm gonna go for individuals, I think. Okay. Uh, on our short list. Okay. So what's your where's your money? <sighs> well, I'm gonna rule out Divaroli, even though he would be my nomination. And the reason okay. for that is he didn't actually win the juniors. Whereas Yuka Ueno did. 
Okay. So David, close but no cigar. Okay. Aaron, do you think he's got very many of these left to go? Oh yeah, he's still quite young. He's only about twenty-seven. Is he? Yeah, yeah. I feel like he's been around for young. I thought he was, I thought he was in his thirties. No, right, no, no. Okay. I mean, the fact that he's double Olympic champion. Don't be fooled into thinking that he's an old guy. No. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Just a, just a boy. <gasps> I take it all back. <laughs> okay. I wish I had, I had a magnificent beard like him when I was his age then. Right. Um, yeah, I don't think I could actually grow a beard at that age. No, I could, but it would just wouldn't be as nice wouldn't as... Be as I had a beard when I was his age. Yeah. So it wasn't as good oh, as actually, as... yeah, I remember. No, you're right. It wasn't that good. <laughs> it was not as good as that. <laughs> so, yep. And... Mariel? How are we going to... Well, Mariel, she's back from nothing to last eight in a Grand yeah. Prix. That's pretty damn good. It is, yeah. Yeah. But is it better than being junior and cadet champion at the same time? At the age of 16. Yeah. Is it... Well, I'll tell you what. Is it as great as Aaron, Aaron's ability to pull a parry post from nowhere, hmm. glide up and down the piece, making everybody else look like fools? You know, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he's got another Olympics to go to. So, you know, he might be going, oh, Aaron's won his third gold medal in a couple of years' time. That would be incredible. Yeah. Okay. You're going to make an executive decision? All right. I'm going to rule Aaron just because... He's already double Olympic champion. He's got more medals and he knows what to do with anyway, <laughs> right? He doesn't need he doesn't need us to give him a gong. Same with Mario, really, but but I think her her performance was much more impressive. Okay, okay, the fact that she's not really done she's probably training yet, but she's not done any yeah. tournaments recently. Straight straight into last eight, but I'm still coming down for Yuka being cadet and junior mm-hmm. as well. I think that's I think that's a real achievement at at sixteen. Okay, I'm happy to go with that. Yeah, so Yuka, Reno of Japan. Coolest fencer on the planet. Congratulations. Yeah, indeed. Okay, so that wraps it up. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram mm-hmm. and Twitter. All the social media. All the social media. Yep. So until next time. Uh, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. Mm-hmm.